Um, so, hey, uh, I am Mike. He yeah, is Jim. I'm Jimmy. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, we're actually uh, consuming a little bit of whiskey. Uh, so if you'd like to get a drink or something, feel free. If you don't drink, totally cool, too. Um, I would love to. Um, yeah. Here, hold on one second. Yeah, I'm go, just go ahead turn and grab one. My camera off for a second because I don't have any uh, pants on. So hold on. <laughs> hold well, on. We're, rec we're recording, so you know the thumbnail that'll happen. It'll be great. It, that, that's, that's awesome. That's the intro of the show, by the way. That's perfect. Bacon! Bacon is my podcast! Bacon! Bacon is my Resist the urge. What's up, people? Hi. How we doing? Welcome to Big is my podcast. Yes. Today, we are going to talk about things, and we are going to talk to people, and we're going to have a good time. But yes. first, I just want to let everybody know, once again, just a little bit of housekeeping. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, drinkwildbills.com, grillyourassoff.com, poddex.com. Check those out. What else we got? We got manscaped.com, promo code BACONPOD. 20% off and free shipping. We've got Mythical Beards here. They make your beard nice and soft. Also, uh, we got to see if they use bacon oil. Yeah. We'll yeah. Have, to, we'll have to check with them. We're, we're, getting, we're getting the uh, the founder yeah. on, the, on the show soon. So oh, that'll be exciting. So, yeah, uh, we'll ask him about the bacon thing. So, yeah, check out uh, baconofthepodcast.com. Bacon15 for 15% for off. Yes, check out baconofthepodcast.com for the most up-to-date deals and specials. If we can save you more money, we will. Um, how was your week, man? Man, it was, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah? It's pretty cool. Pretty, pretty good. I got some, we got some things in the pipeline, uh, that I'm pretty excited about, and hopefully we can share them with you guys very soon. Yeah, if you guys are over on our Patreon, thank you guys for being over there and hanging out and supporting us. Yeah. Uh, you're getting those early episodes and that early music and all that kind of fun stuff. And if you are some of the people that are over on our Twitch channel yes. that have been watching us uh, do the entire process of rewriting and recording um, the, the songs for whatever we're going to do with it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you guys for being over there, and thank you for coming over here to check out the podcast. We do appreciate you, and if you're just a listener of the podcast, you are badass. Thanks for being here. We appreciate you. Yes, absolutely. So today, we've got a, uh, a pretty badass, awesome person. Yes. Uh, we get into so many things with them. So, singer, multi-instrumentalist, mm -hmm. songwriter, uh of the band Vatica. They have over 12 million streams, views, likes. Uh, they are an activist, music director for uh, the anti-racist award-winning collective Good Troublemakers that are a uh, queer artist community organization based in Los Angeles, working internationally. Uh, this is a person with which we have a lot of interesting conversation. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I it goes everywhere. It goes it everywhere. Goes everywhere, and and, and uh, you know we keep it pretty lighthearted here. Yeah, we we got into some like serious shit here. Yeah, we got in some really serious stuff and, well, and some great points. And, it's interesting uh, because you can you can talk about things. You can talk about um, the way that the world works or has mm -hmm. historically worked, 
And you can hear those conversations from a lot of different perspectives, but we tend to hear things um, from usually one of two perspectives, either right. for or against a lot. We get to tackle some of those conversations within the realm of music and how it happens with uh, artists mm-hmm. and movies and it's in the in the genre of entertainment so it's sure. it's a it's a different lens with which we're having little bits of some of these important conversations right. and you know we don't get political on the podcast and we don't um, we don't try and uh, shoehorn or force ideas but I tell you what we don't shy away from them either so no. I was I was really happy to have the conversation I thought it was really cool I learned some things and I, did too. Um, I thought it was I, I love getting perspective absolutely that is that is kind of what life is all about absolutely we're definitely going to have alex back on because there's because they're awesome (laughs) right right and and there's so much more i want to ask about the the especially we talk about writing to uh to movement yeah uh with their partner uh, she is a, um, she's a dance dancer, uh, dancer, body movement, body artist. movement artist. And which I want to learn more about what man, that is. Alex talked about playing guitar to that yeah. and the feeling and stuff like that. Call response. I want to know how physical do you movement. tap into physical movement while you're playing? That's such an awesome exercise. And we only tipped did like a tip of the iceberg with yeah. that. So we're definitely having Alex back on. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm it was a great, too. great, great episode. It's a pretty long episode. It is a little long. Yeah, uh, I well, mean, they, they the, like the to seven, talk, and we like to talk. The seven questions was was yeah. a long seven questions, but yeah. uh, they're they're a great guest and. We appreciate Super you guys happy. hanging with us for some of these. We know we've done a few longer episodes lately. Um, we've tried to do make a conscious effort to make things a little bit shorter and a little bit tighter for you guys. But honestly, uh, when when we're having a conversation, and we, we actually we touch on it briefly too. It's like the idea of when you're making art or you're making something uh, or you're doing something you're passionate about, at what point are you doing it for... Um, to, to try and keep it in a format mm-hmm. and at what point are you just kind of letting it fly and doing it for yourself because of the process and uh, we've had some longer episodes and if you've stuck with us for those we appreciate that we're going to have long ones we're going to have short ones it's just part of it if we get into a conversation I, I think that we owe it to ourselves mm-hmm. to 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 See not to not box that conversation in and we also owe it to the to the people that are listening to um give you the full scope of a conversation that we can absolutely. have you know what i mean absolutely so uh that's my little let's do box it. of that let's do it alex from vatica yeah right now you bring us in am i bringing us in yes sweet, i am your sweet baritone no i'm not not the baritone <laughs> but well now i want to hear the baritone come on okay can you get down here even lower hey no, that's that's all. That's, that's all I got. It's that's not it. really a baritone. It's pretty good. He kind of works it up every show, mm, and it's like a low uh, tenor. I under, I yeah. I under deliver all the time, every time. It, that's kind of what I do way, here. In that way, you're consistent. Which Consistency is, is key. That's that what they say. Right. That's what they say. The infamous day. So every I time want by under welcome. delivering, I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. no. Finish yours. No, you're <laughs> you. 
you are the star here today. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. By, by under-delivering, you're doing that thing where you're leaving them wanting more every time. Like, how much could you deliver if you delivered? It's a question that the fans want to know. But you keep them, you keep them guessing by... He's, he says every baritone, time, and you're like... Every time they the answers, you change the questions. There you go. I, I've done that voice before. I like the too. Bobby's World voice. I've too. done the Bobby's mm-hmm. World voice before. Yeah, I love it. Uh, today we are joined by multi-instrumentalist, uh, head of a band, uh, the, like the only permanent member of a band. I know a little bit <laughs> the only about that. Left. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do that with my band too. I, I've got a drummer, but mm-hmm. I, we'll get into it. Uh, he's an activist. Too. Yeah. Cause it's, it's automatically like, I want to know how your brain works with this. So, right. mm-hmm. uh, we've got Alexander Miller from Vatica, uh, but no dance theater projects. Uh, you've done, you've produced festivals and stuff. So you've yep. done freaking everything when yeah. it comes to, uh, entertainment and stuff. Everything uh, except having a charting hit. That's right. I'm going well, to drink now. Hey, we'll, we'll drink we'll, with you. We'll We're, drink to that yeah, same we thing. Done that. Um, no charting hits over here either. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we have a podcast. That's right. Uh, but, dude, thank you for joining us. Uh, I know that me. you're probably busy uh, putting. You, you just put a new single out, "Back to Life." Yes. Uh, yes. So, which I mean, it's awesome. I heard it. Got to read your point? email. That's I all. checked the emails today and I didn't see it. Okay. Yep, yep. You got to check the emails, buddy. Son of a bitch. Uh, but I, I, I enjoy it, and uh, you know, like even deep diving into your older material, it's all consistently good, yeah. and that is why I have you on the show because we, <laughs> we could, we could do what we used to do where we just kind of had everybody on, but now we're able to be a little picky we're and little choosy. So these days. I'm super excited that your your music is awesome. <laughs> Uh, Thank you. But me too. Yeah. So, so yeah. T- tell me a little bit about uh, about your approach to the the band thing because I yeah. personally I've I've done like a solo project where I was the only member and put out a record, and then mm-hmm. even the, this project that I'm in now I have a you know I have a drummer I have a, a songwriting partner, um, but what made you want to put it under a band name? rather than just as yourself gotcha um so that's a super long story so i'm going to give you the short version uh well it took me really long time to get just to that question (laughs) so however long i like it you had me in suspense the whole time it's a good storytelling technique me too Uh, too. wanting little (laughs) i'm in suspense always leaving wanting little the the shortish ish answer that question is uh me and uh, my best friend at the time moved from the Bay Area to Los Angeles. We'd been, already been in a bunch of bands together. Um, the scene was drying up uh, up north, so we moved to L.A. to be closer to labels. We started a band. We auditioned. Uh, Craigslist was still a thing, so we found a bass player off of there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we rehearsed and wrote and rehearsed and wrote and then started playing, built up a fan base, started playing the Sunset Strip exclusively sort of like showcase style attracted the attention of an indie label that indie label signed us to a record deal and then within the first year of that deal got bought by sony so then we were on sony and then within that time uh the problem was the person 
that was the head of the indie label was still in control of us and turned out right. to be a um, horribly emotionally abusive person who would do things like sign bands just so he could have power over them just so oh. he could not release their things. He would do things where he'd sign artists that he knew to have um, addiction issues and then become their sponsor in AA because there's no fucking conflict there, right? Right, um, right. Especially since he would control their livelihood. And it, you know, we expected to have a, a shitty contract the first time we got signed because no one knew who we were, but it was turned out to be a really shitty contract and we didn't know anything, so we had no lawyer it was assigned by the label. We had no management. It was assigned by the label. So we got ourselves in this situation where and they had us pull down all of our music and stuff that anything that had done well locally off. So then we basically didn't exist and they wouldn't let us play shows unless they approved them. And when we signed, they said, we're going to put out your, your demo record like as is. It's great. And then as soon as we signed, it wasn't good. And we're not sure if we want to put it out. And so it was like a year of stagnation that killed all of our buzz that we had. Oh and God. then when we got signed to Sony, we had the opportunity to go record a record. And we ended up working with this amazing producer who I'm still friends with today named Ben Gross. He's worked with everybody, like from Eminem to uh, Daughtry to Filter to 30 Seconds to Mars to... Third Eye Blind to even toxic people like Kid Rock and Marilyn Manson. Like if you if you've been a musician, you've done something at his studio. Right. Either wow. Used it or it's been, been in his orbit. Or, yeah. Yeah. And he's just the sweetest guy. He treats everybody the same, whether you're a megastar or never heard of you. And he he produced our record and recorded it and engineered it with uh, this great engineer named Paul Pavo, who works for him, who's a fantastic fellow as well. It was an amazing experience while being a hellish experience because the the ar that we got a and r that we got assigned um was also working for that person so felt like he had to make a you know justify his job by uh making giving feedback but it was feedback on stuff that they already allegedly liked because it was the same songs just with a couple new ones being re-recorded right so it was just it was just a sucky situation and then we turned that in and they were like eh, no we're not going to release it and just sat on it and so we started uh on the advice of ben started looking for uh outside management and outside legal and we were able to mm. get that and then they were saying like you need to get out of this contract because again you know we were they had us locked in for five albums not five wow. years, five wow, albums. Yeah. And as you know, they have to accept, as I now yep. know, they have to accept it as an album for it to count. So you could just be there oh, forever. Yeah. Oh, my God. So all in all, it took it took like three or four years to get out of everything with the lawyers and stuff going back and forth. And during that time, all buzz and momentum was killed. Oh, right. right. Yeah. The I mean, people that, yeah, it was horrible. The people that I were playing with uh, left for various reasons and um i assembled some new people um we did a little bit of touring and then the pandemic hit and then those people went their separate ways be because you right. know my family's back in this state or whatever that kind of thing yeah, yeah. and for the first time in my life since i was since i first started playing the guitar like 13 and then i started playing in bands when i was 14 so since 14 i 
was forced to stop and be like, what, like, what do you want to do? Like, what if live shows are never a thing again? Because like the first year of the pandemic, we didn't know what's going to happen, right? Oh, and man, for yeah. me, yeah. Uh, you know, the pandemic's still ongoing. Maybe it'll mm -hmm. be over by the time this podcast comes out. But right now, it's still, it's still Let's going. Hope. It's still a thing. Let's hope. Yeah, but, it's still yeah. happening. I still wear my mask everywhere. Um, you know, the people that like to pretend that it's over are ignoring the, the you know, every marginalized community of black and brown folks, disabled folks, immunocompromised folks, like, like the pandemic's a very real thing. And so I'm not, I'm still not touring right now. Right. Um, uh, and I mean, if there was a giant festival or something, I had an opportunity to maybe we would figure that out. But and so I started getting on TikTok in, in 2020, just because I was bored and music stuff does not do well on there unless, uh, unless you're really lucky. Right. Uh, yeah. So I started talking about things that I care about music industry stuff, uh, various politics and activism stuff. And that started taking off. And so I was like, what would it be like if I was the brand as opposed to just right. an aspect of me, you know, aspect of me, I play music, I'm in a band. Okay. But who am I at the same time? I was also coming to the realization uh, through the help of my partner that, oh, yes, actually, I'm a queer person. Yes, I'm a non-binary person. She exposed me to language that I never had access to before and was able to quantify how I'd always felt inside. Because I thought originally, like, bisexual, bi, I can be very literal, bi sounds right. like 50-50. And then you mm -hmm. like only men okay. and only women. But as we know, there's not just men and women, there's genderqueer folks and trans folks and all this. So like, right, what's right. the word for everything? And that's why I use uh, queer now, because it's just sort of the quickest all encapsulating mm -hmm. thing. As I'm sure you both know, the, you know, the alt rock scene is full of like some wonderful people and also like all the jocks that didn't become jocks and became like guitar heads instead. And just like, Oh bro, yeah. sick. Oh tight. Oh fuck. Yeah. Oh yeah, bro. Wow. Oh, the monster energy yeah. mountain dude. Right. <laughs> a lot of, a <laughs> lot of affliction. There's a lot of, there's a lot of bro dudes in, in the yeah. rock world. Yeah. A lot of, yeah. lot of yeah. tap out t-shirts and uh, <laughs> passionate discussions about the Joe Rogan <laughs> podcast. And it just makes more of my points, you know, <laughs> just like, Oh, so it was an environment that I felt like I had to like, mask up and be like alternative rock dude for so right. long so not being around that i think also helped in like who are you and what is it that you want to do and this is the first time in your life that you don't have a writing partner and what does music mean to you like all these existential questions i was answering and i decided well since i've got a pretty sizable following on tiktok and there's this established history with this band name i'll just keep it for now and see what mm -hmm. happens and then what Vatica has become is if I'm going to do a show, I will connect with community musicians in that place and then we'll learn the set remotely with tracks and then come together and play that show. Interruption! I was going to do the hold up. <laughs> but that was better. Nice. There's no time like today to take care of your, your hygiene. Indeed, indeed. And one of those things that can help you, if you're a man, or a woman even, yeah, uh, Manscaped. Manscaped can help you with their uh, their lawnmower 4.0. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, their lawnmower 4.0 has skin safe technology. It's a ceramic blade. It's waterproof. It's got a nice little uh, LED light, so this way you can mm-hmm. see underneath all those those crevices. Shave your privates in the shower in the dark. Don't actually do that. Don't do that. But they, you that, could. Yeah, you could with Manscaped. Because you have a light. Indeed, indeed. And for guys, uh, listen, uh, the perfect package point, uh, 4.0 yeah. is like where it's at for you guys. Because well, it comes with not only the lawnmower, not only the weed whacker for your ear and nose holes. Well, we got one. So, yeah. So, bring it up real quick. What you also get. So, yes. For one, you get the lawnmower 4.0, which is ceramic blades. It's not going to cut you. It gets, it's got a guard so you can, you know, make sure that you got a trim in some spots. You got yes. to the skin in other spots. You make sure that that beanbag's shiny. You know, we also have some... Package that beanbag in... Underwear. The underwear. Yeah. It's got the, uh, the little ball pouch. It does have the ball pouch. And it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Separate. It's technology. Um, this right here... I like this. ...is for when you are shaving your balls. Yeah. It's little placemats, so this yeah, it's way... Like, it's like a newspaper! Yeah. But then you just... You, you shave them, you crumple it up, you throw it away. No mess, no huss, no fuss. Yeah. Right? Is that, it's is that also got it some. It's it's got some fun, funny articles in it. It as does. Well, it so does. It does. One you. Read. I recommend you definitely read it, yeah. but not while you're shaving your nuts. No. Uh, there's the ball deodorant. Yes, I, I use it every day. Crop preserver, and the crop reviver. I don't use it every day, but I have used it plenty. It is of times. pretty fantastic. You need that midday spritz. Yep. Just pss, pss, go for it. Freshens you up right away. Who doesn't love a little spritz on the bean bag? Exactly. And where do I keep it all? Well, right here, the shed, baby. You know what? The shed is a pouch for the things to clean your pouch. Exactly. Right? Right. I use it personally for my toiletries when I travel. You do. I've it's, seen it. I, I've got. I've got multiple. I've got a few of them. Uh huh. So uh, yeah. Go ahead, manscaped.com. Use the promo code BACONPOD. You get 20% off this entire order plus free shipping. Uh, Not only can you get the Perfect Package 4.0, but you can sign up for their program where they will send you new stuff automatically. New blades. Every month, every two months, every three months. You decide. You decide what you need. If you need new blades every three months, they'll send you new blades every three months. If you want to check out uh, maybe the crop, Mops. I can't talk about the crop mops enough. They're my favorite thing. Yes. Uh, get those. Get those every month. When you anyway, come and you hang them. out with us and we see you and stuff like that, we always have crop mops on our person. So yeah. It's make like sure a business card, us. but for Manscaped and not us. Yes. So go ahead. Yeah. Manscaped.com. Promo code BACONPOD. 20% off. Free shipping. Call it a day. Thank you very much. Yeah. And then go our separate ways. And then we can also do the same thing for their project, right? If they, you know, if they're, they've got a thing and they want to play a show in Los Angeles, I can book that show and then I'll be their guitar player for the day or whatever. And so getting back to the notion of like community and, and, uh, uh, working together as opposed to, as I'm sure both you, Mike and Jimmy are aware, like a lot of bands are like, they're really nice to your face, but they will stab you in the back to take your opportunities. Right. And, uh, why you know when yeah. why why are we doing that when um the people that are actually trying to take our our opportunities are the the sort of like set in stone 
labels and and i'm not talking about like all indie labels but like the big majors you know like you're a product like we were talking earlier in our in our seven questions segment it's like all all they care about is how much money are you going to make for them and it has nothing to do with merit it has nothing to do with the quality of your art that kind of stuff so so that's sort of the the short version and then when i started writing um by myself i was like i can go on whatever direction i want without having everybody in a band agree on it so mm-hmm. some stuff i put out was really poppy some stuff i put out was rocky this new track's got like a metal influence to it and it's given me the freedom to just write whatever i feel like i do i do all the instruments myself um and i do all the recording and production and mastering and all that myself which i'm getting better at uh certainly not an expert um so it's now just turned into this is my musical artistic project and I kept that name and then other stuff that I do yeah. is either under my uh real like legal name or it's um I'll create a persona for that thing or whatever so it I it's led to a newfound sense of freedom that's the short that's awesome. Really awesome. well and it's it's great because it's actually like I mean there's so many there's so many roads that you kind of went down in this like kind of journey of experiencing yeah. all this you know like yeah um at any point of that too, you, I, I'm sure there were periods of like incredible, like, uh, frustration and incredible oh. doubt and incredible, you know, like how, have, how, yeah. how were you able to kind of keep the motivation, um, throughout all of it? Like the, the, the answer stick that with, is- stick with the, the, the business, side of it first and we'll kind of take it piece by piece just because i'm really interested in all of it because like i said there's like you you're you're doing so many journeys at once mm-hmm. at, at that point you know you're talking you're talking about while trying to get out of a record contract how did i trying to get out of a record contract going? um yeah like like not how do you how do you keep the motivation to what do you write about during that time how do you keep that uh, how do you keep yourself creative? How do you, mm. and then while you're also wrestling with, um, you know, all the self-discovery and, mm. and finding new, finding out who you are or being comfortable with who you are and all those mm-hmm. questions that you're answering at the same time, how do you kind of keep that? How, how did you keep it together? Because <laughs> there was a so, lot there. Yeah. The, the large, most important part of the answer to that question is my partner Kai Hazelwood who I met in uh, late 2016 and we were we immediately were drawn to each other and were uh, still together now and it she's a uh, another sort of like does everything type person she's a dancer she's a movement artist she is a choreographer she is an activist she is the head of a nonprofit she is uh the creator of good troublemakers which is the artist collaborative that i'm a part of um allowed to be (laughs) happy to be a part of with her uh she is um a revolutionary like there's so so many things that she does um and uh really it was it was the fact the dual fact that she believed and believes in me and then also um she gave me the opportunity to be musical in other places so like uh she used to before the pandemic was happening 
her and her dancer friends would get together um, every Sunday for what they called Sunday Fun Day, which was just like an improv moving around. So basically a jam session, but for dancers. And they'd okay. be like, hey, you want to you want to play music while that's happening? And, you know, we'll respond, we'll improv off of it and stuff. And uh, I was like, sure, that's like, a completely like zero stakes thing for me, right? right if I make right. a mistake, it doesn't matter. It's not a show. So I came to love that because it helped me look at music through fresh eyes. I'm so I was so used at that point to writing music to the various song formulas, which I love. Uh, but it had been the longest time since I played jazz or blues or anything like that. And really, how do you, if someone goes, hold on, see, you can see I'm not a dancer. I already just almost. <laughs> if someone does this gesture, right? What does that sound right. like on the guitar, right? There's, there's right. an infinite number of ways to interpret yeah, that. Yeah. And then playing a solo, trading solos with someone, but the other person that you're trading with is a dancer. So they do a thing and then you do a thing. And you, it was like opening up new possibilities in my mind. And then through her, I was able to, also um do start working on a bunch of like sound design slash scoring stuff for for films that we've done together or, okay. or other artists and stuff and that was sort of i think an outlet because at that same time i was still um we were playing shows again uh we were still trying to get out of this contract writing new material in preparation you know i always am writing right. uh it just helped widen my perspective and, and have somebody who, um, who I could express my, my feelings and frustrations to that was really on my side, as opposed to my, my relationship with my best friend, who was the drummer of that band at that time was falling apart due to a bunch of different stuff. And, and he was really disillusioned understandably with the whole process that we went through and like, does he even want to do music anymore? Like that kind of thing. So it felt like this thing that I had worked so hard for. And then, you know, when you get signed, you think, well, this is it. Like I finally, I worked my way yeah. to zero, which is now the real work can begin, right? You started right. in negative numbers. And then it was like, not only, is the real work not going to begin, but you're going to have some extra work, which is you're like suing your label, trying to get out of it. And it's just going to take yeah. forever because they don't fucking care. Right. And so, uh, it was like, am I even going to be able to like play music again? Like, like, is this it? Like all those kind of right. questions. Am, are am going I going to be through. allowed so, to do the thing? I right. Love. So, and you get into this catch 22 where since you're still signed, no other label wants to to mess with you because they don't want to mess up any existing relationships or deal with that drama. But the label that you're on isn't going to do anything for you because you're trying to get out of the contract. So you're just in this right. limbo where like, yeah, play locally. That'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, is I mean, a lot of, a lot of depression, a lot of uh, anxiety, a lot of, of uh, hard times, but also, you know, I have a really supportive partner. And then the second part of that is music's who I am. Like if I could take away music, I'm really, that's like 70% of who I am. I really don't know what else I would be. Yeah. I'd certainly be an activist. Um, and, you know, I love like animals and gardening and stuff, but like I, I've been doing it for longer than I haven't been doing it. You know, I started, I started playing music when I was six. So what would I be if I didn't do that? And I was, learning how to detach the idea of playing and enjoying music from well i have to be famous doing this i have to 
I have to become yeah. the biggest thing in the yeah. world. That is the deck is so stacked against you uh, for a whole variety of reasons that coincidentally I talk about in my series self-made is a toxic myth, which is on TikTok every week. Um, Check it out. About the music industry. Yeah. Yeah. But how it's not merit-based, how no matter how hard you work, how talented you are, all that is going to get you to a wall where if you don't have a gatekeeper let you in or you don't have the money to buy your way into these top tier services whether it's the top tours whether it's labels whether it's whether it's the system that's controlled it doesn't matter you're not you're not going to be getting through so then what's going to make me happy if i if that's a crapshoot if there's no guarantee that i'm right. going to ever get back to those resources and the answer turns out to be writing and releasing songs on my own terms that i i'm in love with that song while i'm writing it i release it and then I work on the next one. Like I'm doing it just to do it because I love doing it without like, mm -hmm. Oh, the goal is I've got to be famous. The goal is I've got to sell a bazillion copies because then really you're not doing it for, um, the love of music. You're doing it. Why do I want to be famous? Is it because what's, what's that drive? Is it because I want to be loved? Is does a playing to a large audience? Is that going to fill right. a love hole for me? Or is it about respect or is fame about, money or like there's easier ways to get those things in life than becoming the next green day or whomever right see i i, I love that answer um it also brings me to a question that i have written down um hmm. to ask you which i thought was interesting i like i i um i relate a lot to uh, a lot of what you just said yeah. you know like yeah um uh, kind of hitting that same wall around the time the pandemic happened where it was like, okay, I've been touring and releasing records in a band for longer than I haven't been. And I've ever, yeah, you know, done this and given this and tried this and done this and signed this and lost this and blah, blah, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, having that, having that same kind of feeling of like, okay, well, without, without music, what am I? who am yeah. i you know like i i have no What's idea my purpose? It doesn't, yeah right and uh and then wrestling with okay well if i'm if it's my purpose then and this isn't the way that it's going to work anymore or or there's no avenue to do it this way or the avenue to do it this way is shrinking and getting smaller and smaller and smaller due to factors i can't control and will never mm -hmm. be able to control um how do how do you move forward how do you move forward different uh and um what leads me to a question i i had for you was there was a a line in your song broken glass and the the one of the things that i do when i listen to music um not that i do that just kind of happens when i listen to something new um i i wait for something to kind of catch me and hook me. Yeah. And it can be anything. It can be a, a million things. Sometimes it's a lyric. Sometimes it's a vocal. Sometimes it's a guitar part, you know, whatever mm -hmm. it is that kind of makes me go, huh. And you have a line that says, I don't even care if you're listening. I just want to make some noise. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and literally that, what that's about. Yeah. That hit me in that exact way where I was just like, I was listening. Like I, listen to the song again. And I was like, son of a bitch. Slim. It's like, damn it. Um, so, you know, uh, it just leads me to this, like what, when you're, when you're listening to something, um, mm -hmm. what do you, what are the things that kind of hit you that grab you? Because you have a really, um, you have a 
amazing voice. You have a great Crazy range. range yeah. uh, oh, thanks. And uh, but again, like I uh, and and this is not to take away from your voice or range at all. But there are a lot of great singers. There are a oh, lot of great yeah. guitar players. There are a lot of great songwriters. To yeah. me, it's it's got to be the way that you you turn it. You find a melody, right? Mm -hmm. When when you find a melody and you hook onto your way of communicating um what you're trying to say to people that's that's what kind of uh separates someone who can sing really well and can communicate and can write a song well and and so um what i wanted to ask is one what do you what what kind of stands out to you when you're listening to stuff but also where do you where do you get your melodic structure is that from being a teacher and being someone that knows or is that just coming out of you and you're hearing things a certain way and you're creating things a certain way sure uh so to the first part of your question um the thing i look for across every genre of music is feeling what makes me feel and to your mm -hmm. point that could be the vocal that could be um the instrumentation that could be arrangement that could be the lyrics like who who knows um and and then the next thing that i look for is hooks like i like yeah. stuff that that is catchy um but to me there's like for what purpose is it being catchy so there's catchy to make you know an example i use in my um in a songwriting class i i teach is nickelback gets all of this hate right and that uh right. I feel like that's justified for a lot of reasons because they are like the living embodiment of Axe Body Spray come to life, right? But <laughs> they've got some songs that are really, really well done from a songwriter perspective. If we, if we put aside the lyrical content and the... Right, that, we put that <laughs> right, aside right. for a second. They've got this song called What Are You Waiting For? Within the first two seconds of the song, we've heard the hook line twice. And mm -hmm. it just just that trick alone like if you were to stop it after two seconds you'd have the hook stuck in your head now of course they yeah. didn't write that song by themselves as a team right. but um i started uh, a, a long long time ago listening to you know uh i don't have to like the artist like enjoy them to learn something from them and so that started opening up my musical 100%, world as someone yeah. who, who came into music through classical through my father and then um really fell in love with punk rock was the first thing and if it wasn't punk i didn't want to hear it right right uh, and then as i grew up a little bit it was like there every every style of music has something to offer except for the stuff i hate which is you know misogynistic stuff <laughs> nazi stuff right. racist crap right right like that but everything else has something and so then it's just about well are you being are you being catchy because you're trying to make a radio hit or are you being catchy because that's your that's how you write or are you being catchy because you want someone to resonate with something right away it's a choice to be catchy once you've acquired this the skill so if things can be catchy without having feeling what's the most important what's the most important thing that song should have and for me that answer is feeling like it ha it has right. to make me feel something and there's plenty of stuff that makes me feel something that isn't necessarily catchy. So catchy is is secondary. And then in terms of of structures, uh, I really love my if I'm if I'm writing pop or rock or alternative or 
punk or metal or country or like whatever. I love to stick with the the basic classic formula of like, and and this is just one version of it, but you know, like verse, pre-chorus, chorus, uh, second verse, skip the second pre-chorus and go to the chorus. Then you have a go solo course, or a yeah. bridge or a breakdown and last chorus out, right? Like, I, I like that formula. It's fun. Um, and I feel like there's so many infinite, in, uh, infinite permu permutations of it that it keeps it fresh for me. But mm -hmm. then moving, um, if I move outside of the formula, that's more of the world of like scoring or sound design or something. Um, uh, so yeah, that, that's, that's what I look for. That's what I look for in, in songs is like something that, something that makes me feel. Um, and it's also something that's accomplishable for me because I do have a pretty good range singing, but I'm not the greatest singer in the world. I'm certainly not the greatest guitar player in the world. Um, and, uh, so I can't compete with someone like Freddie Mercury, right? I mean, how could no one can well, beat Freddie yeah, Mercury, I mean, right? <laughs> so, and it's then if I'm not trying to be the most technically impressive person, I want to make sure at least somebody feels something when they hear one of my songs. And, right. and something Kai taught me is that can mean imperfections. Like they're, the song Broken Glass that you're talking about, there's stuff that's technically out of key in there or mm -hmm. um my voice is cracking or right but it it adds emotion to it so um i think learning to find feeling in imperfection is a uh, sort of an ongoing journey for me and now i forgot yeah, the second that. part of your question well the second part of my question was right. is is where you kind of are coming up with um your your melodies you know because oh, yeah. to, to sing is so, one thing but to sing and i wonder if this but, is if this is the same for you both with inspiration is I'm going to get all esoteric for a second, which is, yeah, I feel like I'm walking around and then suddenly like a, a radio, I tune in to inspiration and I'm getting a download of it. And yes. it's usually <laughs> a, it has nothing to do with me. I, I, there's no specific, I've tried, there's no specific set of circumstances. There's no, like, it's just happens when it happens. And I yeah, it never works when I try. <laughs> yeah, a receiver that can pick it up. I can do a songwriting session and I've got all my chord progressions to pull on and all my mm -hmm. formula and everything. But in terms of true inspiration, I've got no control over that. But and when it happens to me, it's usually a melody that I quickly find the chords for. And as soon as I have that melody, it's like, oh, I know what the song could be about thematically. And then the arrangement just goes like Boof, in my head. And I, it's just up to me yes. to like do it. Yep. Um, so I, 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 that is exactly my process right. and it's funny too because uh jen always talks about she, she'll always say like are you hearing the music is like if you are go outside go do your thing do mm -hmm. what you right, need right. to do get it out get it out yeah, because otherwise yeah. you're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to think for the next right two yeah. hours you're, you're, unless you're, you're, you're at worthless least unless you do scratch this. like do something <laughs> scratch on, on yeah. a computer so go voice do, memos are your friend out. We have this talk with a lot of writers. Yes. We're, like, we're like, what are your best, uh, what, what's your, what's your, the first like title in your voice memos or what yeah. are some of your better titles that you have in your voice memos? And we're all like scrolling through them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what? the, that's the thing. This is the first time I've ever been in a relationship with another artist. Um, and I think one of the reasons it works is because we're of different complementary but different disciplines, you know? So right. it's, I don't, I don't know if two lead singers can, does that work? I don't know. But so she, uh, I mean, we she we're okay. The, All right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're doing okay. Spoon? Who's the big spoon? Come on. 
Depends. It depends. Depends on the coin oh, toss. Okay. We're we're unselfish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like it. We're so unselfish. she'll have my partner will have inspiration the same way. It's like shit, I'm it's happening now. Um she's in the process of writing a book and then also working on her next uh dance performance, but that oh, it's like wow. a movement piece. So it she composes differently in that it'll be over the course of years, which uh okay. which is her process, but the same thing. She'll be like, It's two in the morning. Whoop. Here, here it is. I need a laptop. I need to write, or like I need to go yeah. in the living room and work it. And, sa- and the same thing with me. It's like a song idea is I was trying to go to sleep, uh, or I was meditating or whatever. But here's a song idea. I need to go out into the other room and like start writing it. So we're totally understanding of each other when that happens. It's just like go, go, like do your catch it, catch the lightning in a bottle. Do it. I love that. I think that helps it, it work. I really, yeah. I really do. Um, my my girlfriend is the same way. She's a singer and a guitar player yeah. in a band. She's a um, I'll go punk band. I named Jackknife Stiletto. Check it out. I say it every oh, time. Nice. Check it out. Jackknife Stiletto. She she was just on uh, Tori's show. Yes, she was just on Tori's show. Um, oh, cool. So it's it's kind of that same thing where like there's a there's a little corner of our place that has her like electronic drum set set up and has her guitars and stuff. And then I've got my little spot. And if anybody's onto something, it's like all right, do your thing. So do you yeah. think talk to you in a couple hours I'll, I'll see you when i see you you know and it's um but it's it's cool it's cool when you have somebody that understands and is understanding of your needs to to be able to kind of like shut things out and and tunnel vision um, yeah i i, I think for me anyway it's impossible not to i can't if yeah. i if my attention is diverted i i'm not giving full attention to anything then and i'm yeah. i, I kind of suck if, to and be if you do at least for me, it feels like you're betraying part of your purpose. Like you're so fortunate. I, f- I feel so lucky each time I get inspiration and I'm always worried that it's not going to happen again, that I don't ever want to be like, I'll, I'll get the next one. Thanks universe. But right now right, I'm yeah. playing <laughs> destiny on PS4. Right. Like I need, I need. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I, so Jen, Jen is not like uh, an artist or, or, or anything like that, but she, I think what helps what, helps her understand me is that she's an empath and mm-hmm. she she very much is in tune with like how because uh, i for years and years i don't know what the fuck i'm thinking or feeling uh but luckily i have her to kind of guide me a little bit and yeah she she understands you know not necessarily in an artistic way but she she feels what i'm feeling and she's like okay you're just go go you're mm-hmm. you're, you're killing me here um what what I wanted to ask you about, you know, uh, you did you talked about scoring. You did an original score um, for a dance theater project, and also an interactive virtual performance. Mm-hmm. Um, w- was that with your partner involved? Yeah. So the that both of those things are it's a dance film, um, and then the virtual performance thing uh, is through Good Troublemakers, which is our, our artist collective. Um, and the, the dance film is like a legit, like film actual thing. Like we filmed it and had like a whole crew and everything. And it's, it's doing like the festival circuit thing right now, uh, in, in that world, which is also fun for me because I'm also not attached to, like, I'm not of the dance or academic world in any right way so i feel like a visitor there so it's like i'm a tourist it's fun um and i just That's get cool. to like yeah. do my do my art and collaborate with these awesome artists and dancers and movers and 
people and um it's I, it doesn't feel like it has the same you know there's it's not like a, okay how many streams did it get first day it's been out for 24 hours like how the right, right none of that sure. stuff so um it's really freeing and a, a beautiful beautiful thing so uh and it's it's thinking about how do you tapping back to that emotion question how do you communicate you know dear mom uh which is a dance film is about a queer child trying to come out to their um sort of super religious parent and but there's no lines it's all done through movement and uh camera angles and choreography and then music and the sound design that i put in put in there and so how do you communicate that right there's there's a metaphor if you if you watch it where the the parent is trying to do what they think is best for their child but it's really drowning them like in a literal bowl of of water as a metaphor and so these the two um people that we were working with one is playing the child and one's playing the mother character and literally being drowned over and over again take after take what does that sound like from a musical perspective? You know what I mean? Because because it yeah, can yeah, go yeah. cheesy really quick. Dun 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 right, dun, right. dun 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 dun. <laughs> right, the Philip Glass method. Right. Yeah, so yeah. how do you how do you score that? And then, uh, and then do you score it? You know, one of my one of my complaints about a lot of stuff that's being made right now, um, commercially, is that there's music constantly the whole time telling you what to right. feel. Right. Right. And that takes away from like if we're watching people act silence helps so much and then when music does happen you're supporting what's going on as opposed to hammering the audience over the head with it the whole time uh so uh yeah you look like you have a thought no 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 i was gonna say oh. funny enough i mean it's not it's not in a film or anything like that but i watch a lot of paranormal stuff mm. and i just i can't stand like these people that just are like oh cool i can pull up a keyboard and logic and ominous yeah. sound all oh. <laughs> it's like dude you're you're ruining it you're yeah. you're fucking ruining it well, i think yeah. i think you know in over the past decade or more music has slowly been people have been conditioned to um treat music in general as a background constant mm-hmm. yeah instead I, of it I having it the value reality shows um, I think that's a big uh, part of it, yeah. Yeah. Because reality shows have constant music and it's yep. over dramatic on purpose because you're usually dealing with people who, even if it's scripted, they're not actors, right? So it's like we've really right. got to try and make you feel something. And yeah. then I feel like, you know, I'm a big sci fi fan and I was so stoked when um they were doing the continuation of Star Trek Picard, you know, and getting right. the original people back together. And I've been so disappointed with it so far because you've got these people who we know can act, right? And you've got a pretty interesting story. But what they seem, whatever focus group they went through is like, we've got to have a cut every half a second and we've got to have constant music and then we've got to have a lot of explosions. And it's like, but Star Trek is the like space philosophy show. That's what it's right. right. That's not, (laughs) that's not what this one is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just constant. There's no time. Like, to feel you need to be and you need to be present in the in the moment and you need to experience and if there's a whole bunch of sensory input it limits what you're going to be able to feel right so all you end up feeling is sort of like stimulated or like actiony right. what and 
if you have an actor like Patrick Stewart, who just by like narrowing his eyes can communicate like this breadth of like yeah. all these feelings, but the whole time you've got dun 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 right right it's like i that's not star trek that's like sci-fi that's that's michael transformers right yeah 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 exactly that's a great great example you know mike come to michael bay's transformers feel nothing for three hours except a vague irritation at shia laboo it's it's gonna look it's gonna look amazing right and you're gonna you're gonna hear the a couple of sounds from you're familiar with yeah Oh, and they got the guy for Optimus. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, that yeah. Other than that, you're just going to be assaulted with visually and auditory yes. for two and a half hours. <laughs> Quick reminder that this show is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Mythical Beards. Check them out, mythicalbeards.com. You can get stickers. You can get hoodies you can get all that kind of stuff but most importantly you can get shit for your face keep your beard fresh keep it clean keep it groomed if it's good enough for mick foley god damn it it's good enough for us i'm wearing the kraken right now i am actually wearing the dracula nice and that's why i smell like an old-time barbershop if you go to mythicalbeards.com and use the promo code BACON15, you get 15% off your entire order. The show is also brought to you by our good friends at grillyourassoff.com, where you can also get 15% off of your order of all spices, grilling rubs. They're uh, delicious freaking sauces. Yes, delicious sauces, all that kind of stuff. Every season is grilling season. If you like to cook. Yes. So definitely check it out. Grayerassoff.com. Use the promo code. Bacon because it'll keep grilling season all year fucking long. 15% off with the promo code. 10% off at drinkwildbills.com where you can get all kinds of great sodas, which we've seen lots of mixers for. So keep sending them in. Hashtag drinkwildbills. Hashtag what's your bacon. Mm -hmm. Send us your your beverage options of choice and yes. also poddex.com you can see them in an, another part of the show yes indeed. but both of those 10 percent off you use the promo code bacon so yes. check it out let us know what you think let us know what you got use them find them if you can't remember what we just said go to baconismypodcast.com everything's there check it out thanks for watching uh do you think that um do you think there's a way out of that? Or do you think that yeah. that is, do you think that if you give people silence um, that they're going to, because I, I understand that one of the reasons that there's quick cuts, one of the reasons yeah. that there's music over everything, you know, they're coming from a, they're, they're catering to a generation that uh, watches a video for two minutes and then moves to another one or Which watches is, yeah. a video while they're playing a game, while they're, shooting mm -hmm. a TikTok while they're texting somebody. Um, do you think that, well, and have you seen, because you, you've worked on these things and you've been around it, uh, are people able to still kind of get lost in it and not reach for something every five seconds? Yes. Uh, the So I believe the average watch time on a TikTok video right now is three seconds. You have to catch mm -hmm. them in three seconds. Otherwise, they scroll to the next one, right? That's not their fault. That the app has been designed to be that way, right? And it's been right. this ever since the, well, really since the 
the birth of uh, modern cinema, like as we know it right now, it's been getting shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter and more packed and more right. packed. Now, you could definitely argue there's there's an extreme in either direction. So long, right, that you feel nothing and so short that you feel nothing. So where's the, the happy medium? The audience is going to accept what you give them because they're the audience, right? If they mm -hmm. don't like something, they'll leave. And they're, so they're not your target audience, but your audience you you have to have enough faith in them that they will they will if they're going to connect with your stuff they're going to connect with it and they're going to be invested and i that's why i think it's so ridiculous you know when they have a property that's has a proven track record like all the star trek shows or the new star right. wars or all of that and they try to we're talking about formulas mess with the formula right uh yeah. mm -hmm. by which i mean make it less character driven more more blockbustery more action i mean it's it's a bad state of affairs when uh the first die hard has more character building than the newest star wars movie right like dark <laughs> right. yeah, <Star> yeah. <laughs> but you get to know the characters that there's the part of the movie where they set it up so that you have some emotional connection to mclean because otherwise right. it's just right. a guy running around right it's a stunt right um they seem they seem to have by they, I mean um, the Hollywood studio entertainment industry seems to have lost that and lost faith that just make a good product and people will watch it with the caveat of, of course, you have to have a major content distribution network, right? There's plenty of artists right, right now making good projects and we don't know who they are yeah, uh, right. because they're not plugged into content networks. But um, so I, I think it's totally possible it just takes people brave enough to do it. And it's hard to get people that are brave enough, or even if they are brave, allowed to be brave when, again, we've got this, you know, capitalistic monopoly controlling everything because it's like, well, no, it has to hit these benchmarks and there's these target view counts and there's these, it's all like spreadsheets and analytics. And while all that stuff is useful, that's not art, that's business, right? Yeah. And, and so if there are no indie studios anymore if there are no indie labels if there's no tier for there to be things that aren't just purely the most hyper kinetic commercial stuff that it can be then we run into the situation where we're in now where it's like tv shows are are screaming at you metaphorically and movies are screaming at you for your attention yeah. because they're so afraid that you're going to put it somewhere else you know yeah, yeah. yeah. It, if you don't have the indies that are willing to take those chances, and the art's just not going, it's yeah. going to become so homogenized that well, it plays on the artist insecurities too, because you're you're constantly told that you need to hit those benchmarks, and mm -hmm. you know if you're if you're a new artist that's learning how to do something, and you're you're walking into this world that like you have a little bit of interest in, or you have this artistic ability and you want to share it, where do you go to find the information of how to share it? You go right to all these things that are telling yep. you this formula that's setting you up to kind of like feel like you're doing something wrong if you're not fitting. Right. I mean, we felt that just with with doing a podcast. Yeah. It was like, it should be short. You need cuts. You need more edits. You need this. You need that. And we were like, I, mm -hmm. that doesn't sound fun. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to have a conversation with somebody. Yeah. And so it's like you, you run into like you have to have either a – um I'm going to deliberately find a way around all these things mm 
mm-hmm. or you have to have, have an attitude that says, fuck it. I don't care. Um, my, my audience will find me and I'll find them. And if it's not huge, it's not huge. And I, that's not what I'm going for. I'm going for an experience. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, and, and you kind of have to have that, but you have to, you have to be confident enough to do that too. And you well, have to you kind of like, have the, not that it's you, brave. We're not, we're, you know, we're not right. saving anybody. <laughs> you <laughs> we also didn't have, have the means, right? Being an artist, yeah. it means you have to have a certain um, level of, of privilege, whether that's wealth privilege, whether that's uh, white privilege, whether that like is straight privilege, whether what a whole sort of things, the more privilege you have, the farther you get. If the industry that we've created is, you have to be running through one of these networks or have a day job, right? Like right. the, the uh, right. you know, I, I don't know about YouTube, but I've got a day job, right? I teach. Yeah. Uh, even that is a privilege though, right? Because I had to be able to go to school to do that. So right. that's my, that's my um, parents that are able to allow that to happen, right? And then you, you start... Once you start realizing that um, all of us, uh, just, just speaking for American society, have been programmed with this sort of toxic individuality that it's all up to each of us alone in a vacuum, when actually there's no such thing as a self-made person and everybody's a product of their community and the yeah, people that came impossible. before them and the people that come after them, then you start to realize, oh, these systems are closed off for most folks on purpose as a means of control. Because if you can control the market, then you can profit the most from it as opposed to the, you know, the, the more, um, uh, diverse the market is art flourishes and the more it's controlled by like three, two, one, you know, you ever heard of BevCorp? Yeah, uh, yes, but I'm not familiar, but I've heard the... So, yeah. BevCorp, which sounds... It sounds like a product from, like, Cyberpunk 2077 or Blade Run or right. something, you know. Right. I work for BevCorp. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's a real thing, and it is the, um, it's the... It's the entity that bought Anheuser-Busch. And so let's say you're a microbrewer, right. and you want to get your stuff in Vons or Safeway or whatever, and... You've got to sign a distribution deal with uh, BevCorp. So they're going to distribute your product and market it for you, um, put some money into it. It's like the record label for beers, right? Sure. Yeah. And on the one hand, it's great. Your stuff's going to be everywhere and it's going to be in airplanes as an option. You know, your tiny little microbrew that's, you know, 12 people are running it or whatever. But, you know, 60% of your sales or whatever are going to BevCorp. And BevCorp, of course, gets to choose who is worthy to be a microbrewery or not. And if you're not plugged into that system, you can't, there's no like walk down to the, uh, the Safeway or the Vons or the whatever, what Albertsons or whatever, and be like, Hey, can I put my stuff on your shelves and you get a percent? That just doesn't exist anymore because we allow, uh, monopolies to exist. Right. So I think, I think, which we're not supposed to to. (laughs) <laughs> right that that's there was apparently something there was supposed to against be things that. against that well what if we yeah. don't call it monopoly what if we call right, it right. other things <laughs> and it's not that it's not that let's yeah. just reframe that it's yeah. not a monopoly we just own everything yeah it's different well, and then if you fight bevcorp bevcorp will see that you're selling a certain amount and if it's a good amount then they'll just copycat your 
They'll just mm-hmm. copy what you Your got. formula yeah. and, and uh, bury you by putting out the same product and yep. marketing it to way more people. Yep. Yeah. I, I, you know? yeah. Well, well, speaking of capitalism, speaking of, oh, this yes. is the segue. I like it. This, I nailed that one, right? That was a yeah. good one. You, I'm good. the segue guy. That was great. We have some sponsors. We, we, yes. we do enjoy our sponsors. And one of those sponsors <laughs> is a company called Poddex. And what Poddex does is they make, Decks of cards for people who don't have verbal di- diarrhea like we do. Indeed. And um, they put these cards out. They put out decks of cards. Within each deck is 50 cards. Within each card is a question. And what we like to have our guests do is pick a deck of their choosing, and then we pick a random question from it. Oh, okay. So, Alex. So, we don't know what kind of question you'll get. You could get... Uh, all sorts of fun questions in either the interview deck, the interview deck two episode deck. What the heck would you rather? What the fuck? And how dare you? Yes, yes. Mm. Uh, which one of those decks would you like to uh, to? to I got to I got to go with uh, how dare you? How dare you? It's got to be said like Mr. Bighead from. Oh, uh, how dare Rock you? There we go. Yeah. There it is. See, uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go shuffle these. So he's gonna shuffle Explain. those. I will let you know that uh, these these decks could be anywhere from a completely benign, like that's the dumbest question I ever heard, to like, what did you just say to me? We don't mm. know. Um, it could be anything of the above. So we'll we'll figure it out. We had someone pick like three different questions, like because <laughs> there was such bad. But I will say, if you do go to poddex.com, you can check out the decks. They have an app. They have swag that doesn't chafe your nipples. They're nice shirts. Um, use a promo code BACON. Everything's better with bacon. Yeah, if you do a cart, use a promo what code if, BACON. You get I, 10% what off. If I, what if I want my nipples chafed? Then you have to get different style t-shirts. Yeah. Damn it. You got to go get yeah. that, that Gildan. Um, you, you grab the shirts outside the concert at the gas station across right. the street. Yeah. <laughs> The guys, the guys pulling them out of their shirts. But get two yeah, sizes it's, it's, too big because the minute you wash uh, a, a material it, that size. builds character, you know. Yes, yeah. I will say I I have like old Gildan from my my old like ninety five Chili Peppers right, tour right. Uh, shirts and stuff. Here they are, uh, what twenty some odd years later, they feel great. Yeah, they they're mm-hmm. still there. Yeah, they 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 feel great now. But it only took almost 30 years. Yeah. I have shirts I bought outside of concerts <laughs> that must have been made of burlap sacks. <laughs> nice. Burlap sacks and knives. I put them on once and I was like, ah, I need band-aids. <laughs> All right, Alex. We're going to fan these bad boys out. All Do right. It. I am going to take figure of power. I'm going to go from my left to my right, your right to your left. You tell me when to stop and that'll be your question. We are moving. Stop. Stopping right now. All right. Ah, see, this is going to be uh, this is a lame question. Okay. Because I don't I don't think it's going to matter. Uh, it's a, what is the most embarrassing music that you like to listen to? This is the wrong show to ask. I don't mm. find you're. I don't find. I don't think you're going to be embarrassed about anything you listen. to. Yeah. We talked I'm, about how great Pink is uh, in a recent episode. We did. So I, yeah. I'm not. There's nothing. <laughs> Although it is interesting to delve into, why would someone feel embarrassed? Let's pick an example from the halcyon days of yore uh, here and go with the Backstreet Boys. Why would we be embarrassed to listen to the Backstreet Boys, right? There's See, a- it's funny. 
It's yeah. funny you say that because we just did a full episode. Yeah. Um, we we do a we do two episodes a week, and one of them is just us talking to each other about a topic that we feel like talking about. And our most recent one was tribalism in music, and how oh. um, and how you're you're kind of like when you're growing up, it's kind of like certain people are like preconditioned to yeah. You're, you're, if it's not this, if it's it not sucks. this, then there's something wrong with you if you listen to this, and or, or people or, are like they just don't listen to anything from a certain era because it's not their era or. Mm-hmm. completely demean something before they even listen to it i hate that it's like yeah it? metal's like that a lot it's like we only listen to metal and that's it and yeah it's, or like i found uh especially pantera fans like oh my god they're like so like close-minded in general and i think that uh there's a whole bunch of societal factors also besides the, the marketing stuff that you're talking about that that uh that get into that like so what are the Backstreet Boys soft, right? Like sensitive, right. there's emotions, right? Well, you know, we, in this society we live in, there's, we've got the toxic masculinity going on. And if you, mm-hmm. if you're programmed to be um, super, if your sense of identity uh, of maleness is threatened by just the existence of people who aren't, being hardcore all the time, right? Then that's going to uh, be an embarrassing thing for your your friends to find out that you liked, which is a hard right. situation to put yourself in because it's music. You know, a lot of that's written by Max Martin. Like it's like engineered right. to be the catchiest stuff in the world, right? That's why it worked. Anybody could have sang it and it would have been a hit. So um, I think the embarrassment comes from um, people's perception of themselves. How they've been trained to perceive themselves and then also uh their their peer group and how they perceive it because there is no style of music that's inherently embarrassing to listen to unless we're talking about the content of lyrics you know what, what are right. they saying what are they talking about yeah yeah absolutely i agree our uh, our friend dj i i i want to find his um just because we're on this right now and he had a really good uh explanation that he said that i thought was great um that made a lot of sense to me uh so he said uh for the arts it's always been about what is seen as quote cool which is the ultimate subjective status that's why there's so much of it in music and that leans more to the masculine where quote cool is important unlike for women where quote hot is important and that tends to be music independent because it, it, we were talking about how, like, for some reason, if a guy was into the Backstreet Boys, it was mm-hmm. a harder thing to admit. But if a girl was into the Backstreet Boys, but also into Slayer, that was hot. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that made that like diversity I mean, in music was cooler for. Yeah, for, yeah. you're re- for you're really girl. getting into the limitations of gender roles in in society. And if you know, if we're going, there's just men and just women, right. which there aren't. Right. right? Uh, and we've got these nice pre-made boxes that we're going to keep that in. Uh, you know, the the question we should be asking is who who does that serve? Right? Because really, that that concept. Yeah, um, I've I've done some um, research into it, and there's a lot of activists that you can follow um, that I'm following on on uh, just check who I'm following on Instagram to find people smarter than me. But the short version is, 
that really starts around uh, the end of World War II. This like idea that woman equals this set of traits and man yeah. equals this set of traits, and there's no overlap and there is no nothing else than that. The reason they do it is because um, all these people are coming back from World War II and they're going to need jobs. Well, they've let women, quote unquote, into the workforce. Right. Into the workforce. Uh, we need to get them out of there. So there's jobs for these people that are coming back. And then it's also a system of control and uh, uh, white supremacy. There, There is, if there are just these two things, then anything that's outside of those things either needs to be uh, squashed into these boxes or eradicated, basically. Right. Um, and that's when you start to see a real push for men are like this and women are like this, right? The, the, I'm sure you've seen Mad Men, like those folks getting yeah. back from yeah. war. They're using basically um, the propaganda techniques that they learned from the army and applying it to advertising. And that's when mm -hmm. you start seeing a huge push for a happy woman is a woman who uses Dyson in the home, like the, all that kind of stuff, right, right? Right. And we're feeling the effects of that today still. Um, me... You know, I'm late to the party, but but realizing that not only have non-binary people always existed, but trans people have always existed throughout society and other cultures and all through the different centuries and stuff. Like there's this there's this mindset, uh, specifically with folks that are anti that uh, that oh, it was only invented within the last like twelve years or something, right? right. No, right. It's only right. been <laughs> suppressed for about two hundred yeah, years. Yeah. But if you look at other cultures, you know, indigenous cultures to this country, Native Americans, multiple different types of genders and different roles in society. If you're looking at Romans, if you're looking at the Greeks, if you're looking at um, black folks, like there's there's a whole range of people. And it's we we, we keep coming back to the same uh, the same two things, really, that are that are that sort of ruin everything, whether it's art, whether it's a person's existence right it's it's capitalism mm -hmm. and it's it's sister racism or white supremacy yeah. and those that's what america is built on and founded on and we're all living with the consequences so there's the people that are trying to unlearn and dismantle those systems and then there are the people who benefit from them or even who benefit from them and don't realize that they benefit from them that are trying to right. defend what they think is uh they're they're going to lose by like some things being somehow more inclusive or more. They think that. Yeah, I always I always found that idea very odd that to rise to help raise someone else somehow takes away from you. I well, never, it does I never... if if uh, the you is you control everything. So like if we look at white, well, folks, okay, like at the yeah, top that of... does make sense. All labels are white folks at the top, all, top of all systems of power, the justice system, the government, the corporations, the right, all white folks. Mm -hmm. You do stand to lose something if you let you lose stand to lose power if you control everything. But what you're losing wasn't yours, wasn't ours to begin with. Right. Like, if well, we look yeah, at this, this podcast right here, you've got the power to invite a whole wealth of other people, other backgrounds, other races, all sorts of stuff on, right? If you're doing mm -hmm. that, that is, um, I would say, more disruptive than like 
the Bill Burr podcast where he only invites people that look like clones of him onto the podcast over and over. You know, he's not right. changing anything. Uh, right. So all all of us, someone smarter than me said that we're all influencers in our own community. And each of us has the power to affect change in the ways that we can with the energy that we have, the privilege that we have, you know, uh, to the extent that we're able with while we're all living under these oppressive systems of toxic individually and capitalism and white supremacy and, uh, you know, consumerism and all of that. So it can be as simple as when you go to Trader Joe's, uh, are you a dick to the cashier or are you nice right. or are you neutral? Right. Because that, right. how you interact with that person has ripple effects it might not be huge, but it's huger than you think. It's not just a lot yeah. of people go through. I think most people go through life thinking they're the main character. There is no main character. It's just all of us. You know, you see it on the freeway when people are driving, whatever's behind them doesn't exist anymore. You, you, everybody's had yeah, like yeah. somebody cuts you off, right? And they cut you off. And then, like, well, you only got a car length in for you're not going, you might get <laughs> right, faster. Right. Four or five's closed, right? But it's like, oh, I've got, I've gotten farther and the stuff behind me doesn't exist anymore. And, and we've all been conditioned to, to go through society like that. Like, it's I, everything. I got to tell you, Alex. Yeah, you should try. You should try driving in New York, uh, because no, you only people walk behind you, to the sides of you, and to mm -hmm. the front of you don't exist. Yeah, <laughs> at right. all. Right. The thing I the thing I like about New York is that it's not a personal, uh, it's not a personal exclusion the way it is in L.A. In L.A., it's like I'm getting in front of you, and in New York, it's. Uh, get out of my way it's not personal like i'm walking over here right like it's not <laughs> right. it's not personal. i need to be there yeah okay it's, you could be a person you could be a wall yeah <laughs> i'm going by yeah I'm, I'm getting i'm getting around you yeah yeah no I, I i get it i no, it makes a lot of sense it absolutely makes a lot of sense um we we hit on like a lot of stuff here i i and and like we're talking about a bunch of stuff that was kind of serious and stuff. Yeah. But what I do want to ask him about is uh, my dad is a Trekkie. Yeah. As mm -hmm. well. Um, how do you feel about the, like the newer series of uh, Star Trek and how do you feel about the director popping off the fourth installment and going to uh, fantastic four? Um, how I feel about, the current Star Trek is I'm really happy to see more people being represented. I'm really happy to see black folks and brown folks in lead roles. I'm happy to see more queer characters. I'm not happy to see the stuff we were talking about earlier, which is um, there's very little room for feeling anything in them. They're mostly just action based, especially when, you know, when it was Star Trek and Star Wars, Star Wars was the action one and Star Trek was the character-driven one. Yeah. More philosophy type stuff. Mm -hmm. So now I feel like there it really isn't that. There's just space action shows with the Star Trek stuff, with the Star Wars stuff. Like there's not a lot of yeah. difference except for the the lore and the the worlds. But I, I don't feel mm -hmm. like we get to really sit and like be with any of these characters. Um, ac across the shows, I've I've tried them all: Strange New Worlds, Discovery, uh, Picard. I think Picard's particularly egregious because it's it takes established characters that we know and who uh, 
have very particular ways of being that we've watched through, you know, eight or 12 seasons or whatever it is. Yeah, whatever. And then they don't act like that anymore at all. Like it's not that they've grown and there's some difference. That would be to be expected is that they're completely different. Um, I'm thinking specifically of uh, the seven of nine character. Like she just is a regular person with some Borg technology now, as opposed to before her struggles with trying to learn how to be human was a core part of the character. And I guess she did that. Because now she just acts, she's quipping, right. you know, like, so like <laughs> right. you missed the interesting part, which was her learning. Uh, as far as directing the Fantastic Four, we don't need another Fantastic Four movie, do we? We've we tried that. We need a good times. one. <laughs> if we, we're going to do it, we need it. Well, we, if we're going like to get more, one, I hope you we know, get yet a good another one. group of four white people saving the world. Like, we, we have like every Marvel, there needs to be other. There's got to be other stuff that we could be that we could be green lighting, you know, and even like uh, they're not even that impressive aside from the human torch, maybe. But, you know, Mr. Fantastic, yeah. I stretch, you know, like the, clearly I, there was a lower. I bar did hear that. I think there's it's a, a way rumor. To, I think it's a way to get to Dr. Doom, who's a far more interesting character. Hmm. So I, I did hear too that also as, as far as like representation and stuff there there from what I've heard and and I don't know if this is official or not but um they're they're gonna get somebody of Middle Eastern descent to uh to be um Mr fantastic I thought well, Krasinski was fantastic dude it's, that's not, that was like a, that was like a fan that was a fan thing, thing where where the fans were like uh, we want to um you know fan cast all these characters right. and he was oh. like the guy but wasn't and he in a just deleted, to kind of wasn't he in no a he was post he was actually movie? he was in a movie but no he was, was in a movie separate uh earth separate yeah uh, oh alternate earth i think alternate. okay they're, so yeah, they're setting up uh, comic books have secret wars is that what they're doing yeah, yeah. well mm-hmm. and and getting getting jonathan majors to be um kang yeah Kang is a descendant of Mr. Fantastic in the comments or in the comics. So by casting uh, a black gentleman as yeah, as Kang, Kang that now you're to... you've got to work your way backwards then and make that make sense. So yeah, I think that's hopefully steps yeah. in the right direction and steps and you know I I think um, steps aren't being taken as fast or as big as they could be, but they're being taken which i think uh is a good sign and a sign that things can be pushed they yeah it's like it's like they are but because you're getting back to you know who's pulling the strings who's in control the same right. problem you know, i i've been watching uh the last of us have you been watching that yeah mm-hmm. yeah and uh it's you know on the one hand the acting is good the sound design yeah. is good the cinematography is well done the um the effects the directing is good the effects are pretty pretty good um yeah but it suffers and and talk about a show that uh spends a little more time with the characters like it, they're trying to do that and that's good yeah but it suffers from the same problems that our society does you know the um you know who's the first person that's killed off is the black girl in the in the beginning, and then who is the person that has the cure? Oh, it's a little white blonde girl, right? And then what are the people of color who are there? What is their purpose as a plot uh, as a plot device? It's to protect her or champion her or 
save her right and and she's what's being prioritized and and uh, the people of color like either are props or die like none of nobody makes it out of an episode or the queer characters episode three had this this great arc between these right, queer right. characters but again they're white cis queer people and of course they also die which is a trope like queer characters always right, dying right. you know and so if we see that this can be different when there's different showrunners when there's different people that are in charge uh and i think that's something that needs to happen not just in the entertainment industry but in society in general the balance of power needs to shift by white folks getting out of the way in a lot of places because mm -hmm. uh you know we we've established sort of an artificial dominance that wasn't ours in the first place so when people went back to your earlier question when people are saying um acting like they're giving up something what we're giving up uh wasn't ours in the first place. it's like returning stuff right. that we stole and whether we return that willingly or there's a revolution or whatever like it it makes it ends up making it better for everybody because i know i as a person like I've seen so many versions of someone that looks like me fighting the bad guys, right? Like I, right. I, want, other, I want other stories. I'm totally interested in other stories. Um, I, and I, I, I can, if I'm ready for them, I can only imagine folks that don't look like me who are like, don't ever get to see them or very rarely get to see themselves represented. Right. So, right. Mm -hmm. Who haven't had that chance. Yeah. So Absolutely. that's why when I hear like, oh, a Fantastic Four movie, but you know, this time it's going to be, uh, it's like, okay, but what about something new, right? I think that's the theme right. of today's conversation is let's take chance on new stuff. And yeah. uh, it's hard to do when capitalism well, only cares about the current quarter, you know? There's there's yeah. capitalism and also no original ideas. Well, I, I so if disagree. You, if you, I think there's, there's so original many original ideas. There is an original ideas. idea. There's original ideas. But, but yeah, you're, but you're, right. you're saying made. they're not getting, yeah, they're, they're not, not getting funding, funding right? Because, oh, For example, yes. let's look at the, let's look at the, uh, the grant system to get a grant as an artist, right? Well, first of all, you need to know how to write a grant, which mm. uh, I don't know how to do my, I've watched my partner do, do it all the time. Right. <laughs> but that's a specific getting into skill. That, so. Yeah. If you don't have the, the, uh, a combination of money to learn like how to do it. And then also is that how your mind works? Are you able to understand? Right. Grant a, lot, writing, a lot of verbiage. Know? Yeah. A lot of, but like even just that's a specific, just like someone who's good at reading contracts, like you have to be, that has to be a, one of the ways that your mind works. It's so it, it, yeah. uh, right away, we've got a barrier there when the purpose of a grant is supposed to be to give money to create something, right? Give money to mm -hmm. people that don't have that money to create a thing. So why, why are we having this artificial benchmark? set there right who put that there and then and then why is that there and then what kind of people are we letting in and oh it's is it the same stuff over and over again it's mostly like mm -hmm. white blonde people <laughs> right uh able-bodied people so right. um we no matter where we look we can't we can't escape these uh these systems that were put into place uh before any of us got here and then uh continue to be perpetuated but what we can do is in e each of our ways that we're able work to demolish them and to to uh to tear them down and and i think one of the pluses of that uh you know there's there's so many much more important pluses but one of them is that we get better better tv shows <laughs> yeah we get better stuff right yeah 
more interesting stories because it's not yeah. the same story. Better music, like everything. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, we're going to have to wrap this up. Uh, we could definitely talk for way I longer can, with you. Yeah, we hundred percent. Go so, for another drink and talk a little bit longer. I'm... <laughs> so we might we may have to revisit this and do this again if you're interested you, in coming back. On. I am You've always happy to. You fun. are absolutely welcome on anytime. Oh, thank yeah. you. I, I, have I got the bacon blessing? You've got the the. That's a thing. It, it is now. Okay. I'm, yeah, yeah, that's it's a your thing. Show right? That, that, that the bacon, yeah. the blessing of the bacon, bacon bless BB. That's. Literally invent a religion. Yeah. <laughs> Who hasn't? Jedi. Who hasn't? True. Jedi is a, a religion, apparently. I'm an ordained Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. am. There you go. I can marry people with that. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. No, thank you so thank much you. for being on. This has been awesome. It's been a very cool conversation. It's been super fun. Um, before we let you go, please let everybody know uh, once again where they can find you online, where they can find everything that you're doing and catch up on everything that you're up to. Yeah, I am active on uh, TikTok and Instagram at Vatica, V-A-T-T-I-C-A. I was active on Twitter, but not since a billionaire <laughs> bought it. Um, it's gone to hell. So and I never yeah, 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 on there anyway. too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you can go to officialvatica.com for all your Vatica needs. My song, Back to Life, is out right now. Please go stream it. Add it to your playlists. Uh, force it upon your grandparents. Uh, just every stream helps, so I appreciate that. Yes, and, do it. Uh, uh yeah that's it awesome Excellent. thank you so much for being here everybody thank you for listening thank you for taking part um let us know what you think in the comments uh, let us know any questions that you have thank you for hanging out with us and uh, remember to ask yourself every single day always one question that really important question what is it it's very it's what is very it simple adds a little beat to your heart what is it that adds a little skip to your step i like that one what is it what is that main course or that side or that thing that helps you get through the day better? Alex, do you remember what that question was? What's your bacon? The voice, too. They got the voice down. Yes. <laughs> Love it. You need to put in the, right. uh, the audience saying it at the same time, you know, like Wheel of Fortune. What? Totally. What your yeah. bacon. We usually bacon. get the bump, 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 bump. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get. Yes. That was a great episode. <laughs> that was a great episode. I, again, Alex is welcome on anytime. We had a lot of fun with them. It was, it was a lot of a lot of stuff. We covered a lot of things, yeah, thought provoking, uh, and and within music and entertainment and stuff like that. So, Alex is a welcome guest here anytime, Jimsy. We got to sign off here. Yeah, let's do this quick. So, so you can find me at Jimmy G's Shoes on all the socials. You can find my band Craving Strange at cravingstrange.net. That will take you to all the socials. You can find us. Bacon is my passion. Our music is on all the streaming services. You can also check it out if you just go over to baconismypodcast.com where you can it's find... It's a tiny portal to everything. Yes, everything from episodes here to links to our Patreon, to links to our sponsors where you get all the best deals. Also to links to the Twitch where you can just jump in and watch us do this whole process of, of writing and recording and creating this ep or these singles or whatever it turns out to be yeah. you can be a part of the whole thing um 
Thank you guys so much for all the support and everything that you already do. Where can they find you, bud? I am at me, my own self, Mike. That's my personal social media page on several platforms. Also, my band, Something Heavy. We've got something in the works. We've got a new single in the works. It's going to come out soon. But in the meantime, check out our single, Circles. It's out now. At Something Heavy Music on all the socials and Something Heavy on the DSP, as the kids would yes, say. Yes. Digital streaming platforms. And Indeed. until next time, till Wednesday. Yeah. Because that's when the next episode drops. Yeah. Right? Next time is so just, quick these days. If you're watching days. all these, then you are a champion. Champion. Thank you. La, champ- La champion. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. I said it badly, but that's it's not. Okay. It's perfect. But you need to always remember to yeah. ask yourself one super duper importante question. That was weeks ago. What's your bacon? World peace. Shazam.